the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with a child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appealed to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with a child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translates, God is with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in, in uh, Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judea, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined, them, determined from them the exact time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem. And said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over a place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with a great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They fell to the ground and worshipped him. And then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankenstein, and myrrh. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to River Valley Christian Church. This is our Christmas Eve service. Why don't you greet somebody next to you and wish them Merry Christmas real quick. All right, good evening and welcome. My name is uh, Pastor Peter. I'm one of the pastors at this church. And um, I was asked again to uh, share a Real qu quick uh, Christmas message with you. Um, emphasis was on the short, apparently, because last time I went over, so I got yelled at. <clears throat> so we'll see how this one is going to go. But I'm going to be sharing with you a little bit. Uh, and, you know, as I was preparing for, uh, for my message tonight, 
You know, I was thinking about the Christmas season, which is, you know, we say it's the most wonderful time of the year, and uh, truly is a very unique time of the year. However, uh, I don't want to sound as a Debbie Downer, but did you also know that Christmas uh, as a season, statistically, it's actually a really difficult time for a lot of people. Uh, I think statistics show that uh, the suicide rates is one of the highest at this time of the year. Depression is really high. Uh, assaults and other family fights easily escalate uh, at home. And even for Christians, I, I many times I, I come across lots of different people and, and, they, and they say they have a really hard time celebrating Christmas because the consumerism and the and the world and the marketing and all that, that, that really turned this, uh, turned this event um, in, in, a, in a wrong direction. So it's, it, it's really, you know, some people tell me that they actually, they even have this inner dilemma of, you know, should we even celebrate Christmas? And I'm going to throw just a little history fun fact out, out for you. Like, did you, did you know that it's, it's most probable that Christ wasn't even born on, on the December 24th. Um, I know that... I, I, <laughs> so this is great. This is going great so far. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm a history guy, and, and, and actually the reason we celebrate Christmas on the 24th, just so you know, I give, this, I give this to you for free, is... There were four pagan holidays that the Catholic Church won that was right around this time of the year because the shortest, the shortest day, daylight time, is around this, this time. And some of the pagan cultures, they were celebrating a certain sun god, and there were some other Celtic cultures that had similar events at this time. So the Catholic Church decided that this would be a good time to celebrate, uh, to pull it all together and call it Christmas and, and celebrate it as as Christ uh, being born at this time, but that's actually uh, most likely not true. Um, now, wh- where am I going with this, right? You may ask. Um, just, just, just bear with me, okay? But you know what the most difficult, what I, I found is that the most difficult issues for especially Christians to deal with around Christmas time is the idea of giving gifts. You know, I, I hear, and again, that, that is, really comes from the fact that that we have this consumerism out there that is just goes wild at this time of the year. But I, I tend to be a positive person, so I put the, my focus on what's good. And you know, just even the fact that they're playing songs in the in the shopping malls that is about the birth of our Savior, to me, it's like, hey, double thumbs up. You know, but but also even with the idea of gifts, you know, just the fact that you're quote-unquote forced to be thinking about somebody else by thinking about what they like and purchasing a gift for them, I do enjoy Christmas season very much. Now, I'm not here to tell you today to how you're supposed to be celebrating Christmas, whether you should set up a Christmas tree or not, probably too late anyways, or to buy gifts or not buy gifts, or to make a birthday cake for Jesus or not. That's really not my goal. However, I do want to look at, I'm going to make two points that I want you to look at and consider that is truly a biblical truth um, and it has value uh, and has meaning for your life today. And the first one is actually the idea of gifts. You know, when he, I just read this Christmas story for you about the, the three wise men uh, coming to, 
to Jesus and bringing uh, gifts. Now, again, a little side note. Actually, it's never in the Bible that there was three of them. We just assumed that because there were three gifts that were uh, mentioned there, but nowhere it says there was three of them. Uh, also, we have this image in our head of these three wise men coming with, you know, these gold and, and mirror and all, and all this stuff in a little treasure box as they're presenting it. Um, how many of you have ever seen this meme? It's a meme or a picture on, on, on Facebook, I think I saw it, where, where it says, after the three wise men left, the three wise women arrived, and they brought diapers, wet wipes, uh, a casserole meal, and baby food. Um, which, um, there's probably some truth to that. <laughs> Speaking from experience. Um, but what I want, okay, now this is what, listen to this. When I was thinking about it, you know, when they brought these, these three items of gifts that we do, that I did just read to you in the Bible, you know, I was meditating on the scripture and I, I thought to myself, how much was that worth? I just had this very simple question come up in me, like, how much was that, that worth that they brought uh, to Jesus? And I started doing my own calculation in my head, and very quickly I, I, I came to the conclusion that it was worth more than $10,000 US dollars each. And you know how I know that? If you have ever flown internationally, you know the maximum amount of money a person can carry with themselves into another country is $10,000. These guys took camels and, and walked all the way. They didn't fly. So I would assume it had to be at least more than $10,000. Then, you know, I was doing a little more research in my head, and I also know that if you're doing any sort of international wiring, PayPal, Venmo, um, Chris Swanson, correct me if I'm wrong in this, but the IRS flags you at $100,000. Um, so they could have just PayPal the money to Jesus, but they didn't. They took the effort to walk all the way or ride on the camel or whatever, and to deliver it, so it had to be at least more than $100,000 each, okay? Okay, that's, again, that's a joke. Um, <laughs> for, those of you, for those of you who are new here and are thinking, is this guy serious? I'm not. However, however, I, and I, I will turn it into a serious note now, if you really think about it, though, just put yourself in this picture of Joseph and Mary. Bible scholars say that they were teenagers. They, they estimate that Mary was probably 16 years old, and Joseph was most likely a teenager as well, maybe a little bit older. And here they are, and what are they doing? They're following God's will. God speaks to both of them very clearly, and they both say yes to God's will, okay? And then they go to this town of Bethlehem, because of whatever reason, and they're, about, they're delivering this baby that, again, pay attention, it's not even their own child. And, you know, I thought to myself, you know, my wife is pregnant and has been for the last eight months, and here we are, basically it's been a weekly, at least a bi-weekly conversation about this child that is about to be born, of how that's going to go, uh, different preparations, organizing a room, setting it up, you know, and so on. As I'm assuming most of you were healthy, decent parents, you know, you kind of, or parents to be, you kind of do that for your child. But imagine 
two teenagers, and I almost want to st have two teenagers stand up, but I won't, just so you can use your imagination here, that here they are following God's will, going into a town. It's, the Bible says there was nowhere for them to stay, so we know the story. They stayed in a uh, manger where they most likely delivered this baby, right? And then what you see is out of nowhere, godly provision shows up. So here's, here's young people, especially if there's any young people, can I, can I just say this to you? If you want to be blessed, if you want to receive gifts from God, you know what the best way to do that is follow his will. Because where there is vision, there is provision. If, if he speaks to you that you were supposed to do something, you do it, and very relevant story for us from the Bible, provision shows up. And this is where I said I will turn it serious. I will argue with you that the amount of money that those guys brought was probably enough to raise Jesus, like raise as a whole child. Like we have this image from the nativity scene where it's this little box of little gold and jewels or, or whatever. But think about, for those of you who are Bible scholars here, the story of the Queen of Sheba, I believe it was, when it visited Solomon. You know when these guys traveled across half the country or whatever globe, they usually didn't just bring a little bit of gift. Like the Queen of Sheba, they estimate that what that she brought to Solomon was about $50 million worth, actually. And that's a real statistic. So I would argue with you that the money that these guys actually bought was probably enough to put Jesus through college. Amen? Like, but seriously, it was, it was enough to raise him. That's a joke. But it was enough to raise him because you know why? This is why. Because... It was God's plan, and it's God's will. And all they're doing is following God's will. It wasn't even their own child. It's like it was God's child, so God is responsible. Now, the lesson for you today, if God speaks to you and puts a vision into your heart or tells you what you're supposed to do, he is reliable. He is, he is the one who will support that vision. He is the one who will provide the provision for it. Amen? Amen. Okay, so that was point number one. I have two more points for you, okay? So bear with me. So then again, but you see this idea of, of gift giving in the um, gift giving around Christmas time, right? And truly, that the idea of gift giving doesn't come from the three or however many wise men that showed up. It really comes from the idea that God gave, that God is a giver. It really comes from the idea that if you look at the story of the universe and you look at God's character from the beginning, it's his character that he's an outrageous giver. You know, you, look, you see that in the Garden of Eden where he provides everything for Adam and Eve. But even throughout history, you see it with, in the times of famine with Joseph that he provides. You see it in the wilderness. And, and then you see it, you know, God sees the state, this fallen state of humanity and sees that that we, we can't get out of this sin nature. And what does he do? He's a giver. He provides. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen? So the true gift at Christmas that we truly celebrate, and this is where the idea of giving has come from, is God giving you for first his son. Just like the, uh, in the letters of John says, you know, we first love because God loved us. 
I truly feel like that's true for Christmas time. We give gifts to each other because God gave. And for us, it's just a good symbol of, of giving and having the same nature as God. Amen? Now, if you're here as a new person or somebody dragged you here, a relative of yours, I just want to speak to you for a, for a second, okay? You know, a gift is really of no use unless you open it. Amen? Okay, let me share another funny with you. There was, how many of you seen the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks? Just raise your hand so I, I know. Okay, there's a few of you, but half of you may have never seen that movie. So just real quick, the story in this movie is Tom Hanks is, works for FedEx. He's flying with a cargo plane around Christmas time overseas, and he crashes. And everybody, there was only the pilot and a co-pilot and maybe one other passenger. They die on the plane, but Tom Hanks survives the crash and ends up on a stranded island where, where he's totally by himself. He can sustain himself with food and stuff because there's enough food on the island, but really there's no, he's just cut off and everybody thinks he's dead. And what happens in the movie is all of a sudden these boxes starting to show up on the shore that is from the crash. And what they are, it's like FedEx boxes or Amazon boxes uh, with gifts that people were sending to maybe to relatives across the, the globe, uh, to family members and relatives. So he starts opening them and they, you know, it's like a volleyball and it's totally useless to him because, you know, he's totally by himself. He doesn't even have someone to play volleyball with. And then he opens and it's like ice skating um, uh, or skates, ice skates. And again, totally useless. And he gets to the point in the movie where there's one last box that comes that arrives and he's like, you know what, this is pointless. I'm not going to open it. But he looks at it and he says, I'm going to deliver this box to whoever it belongs because I'm going to get out of this stranded island. And long story short, in the movie, like, he gets back to civilization. Sorry, I just spoiled the movie. Uh, and he doesn't really, at the end of the movie, he doesn't really deliver the box. So they don't show us what's in the box. Now, where am I going with this? FedEx came out with a commercial, a Super Bowl commercial, shortly after this movie came out. And it, the commercial was, I don't know if any of you have seen it, but it, they basically picked up the movie where, where it ended. And here's this guy, Tom Hanks-looking guy with long beard and long hair, and just really like, you know, like his clothes is all worn. And he shows up with a box at the house where he was supposed to go, and he pushes the doorbell and says, here's this gift, this Christmas gift, or this box that I delivered it to you, and it kept me alive in this island. It gave me hope that I'm going to make it back one day, and, and, and I brought it back to you. So the lady is like, oh, okay, well, well, thank you so much. That's so nice of you, you know, that you're a hard worker. That's great. So she takes the box, and then the guy is about to walk away. And then he turns like, I'm sorry, but what was in the box, just out of curiosity? And the lady goes, well, nothing really, just a satellite phone, a GPS locator, and a, and a fire starter. <laughs> but you keep up the hard work, you know, and, and, and that's, that's, it's, it's a hilarious commercial. But... The lesson for you here today, and this is again, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it serious here. You may have heard the story of Jesus Christ being born. Let's face it, we live in the Western society. Most of us have. You probably have celebrated Christmas for years and decades. But have you ever opened the true gift that really that is the meaning behind Christmas? That God came and he gave his only son for you? Or is that just a bad time story? 
is there just something that warm and fuzzy feelings on the, on the 24th and the 25th of December where, oh, this is, this is great holiday tradition and culture. Because we're here to tell you, and I, whoever dragged you here, I can they can probably testify what I'm about to say. We are all here because we have received this gift in our life. And we know this is not just a cute little story. We know that this gift of grace that God gave to us in his son has true power to change lives. We are here to testify to you that this is the real deal. This is the real gift. You know, the word grace actually comes from the Greek word charis, which actually means unmerited gift. That's really what it means. This is the gift. This is the true gift that we're talking about. And if you have never received that, and you know about it, and it can, you can be like, oh, this is such a cute little tradition, I encourage you to open that gift tonight. And you do that very simply. You just invite Jesus into your life, and you say, Jesus, I need you. Like, I can't do it on my own. You do that, you, you know, you go home, you pray that prayer, I guarantee you it will change your life. Amen? And then lastly, I just want to share this now. This is for you guys who are here as believers. Because I do, I do believe that, that uh, there's a message for all of us as well uh, to be uh, reminded of. Um, and let me use a quick short story as an illustration. I have a, a friend, a pastor in, in Hungary, in Eastern Europe, where I'm from. And he shared this story with me. It's a real story about a, about a gift. But he said, um, he said his 10... His 10th year anniversary was coming up. And for his 10th year of anniversary, he got it into his head that he, he wants to get into as good of a shape as he was in the day when he got married. So he, he, he went and got a gym membership and worked out a bunch. And then his 10th anniversary happened, and it was great. Um, but then after the anniversary, you know, you kind of go back to your old ways of living and his his. Physique started to decline, let's put it that way. So Christmas uh, actually rolled around. And his wife uh, came up with a great idea that, that she will get him a great gift. And this, this was actually truly a very expensive gift. Now, what she got was, it's called the TRX. I don't know how many of you are familiar with that. Some of you were, it's not the Toyota truck. Uh, that's... That's not what I'm talking about. TRX is actually a, it's called a self-suspension like, workout uh, tool. And a Navy SEAL, a former Navy SEAL, developed it. And the idea of it is that you can work out with it at home. You don't need weights. You use your own body weights using this tool uh, to work out. And when it came out, especially, and this is over a decade ago, it was very expensive because the material that it's made of was like made out of a parachute material and some, some other fancy stuff. Uh, now, today, obviously, there's a lot of Chinese version on Amazon that you can buy for not very expensive. But at the time, especially overseas in Eastern Europe, it was a very expensive gift. And his wife had to make a big sacrifice financially to be able to purchase that for him. Okay? So he gets this gift. And again, he's telling me the story 10 years later. So he pulls out the TRX and he says, look at this, Peter. What do you notice? <laughs> it was brand new. <laughs> it's like it has, 
It says, if I were to post this on Marketplace today, you can truthfully say that like new condition, or barely, you know, still have the original box. Um, and, 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 and here's, here's the question that he proposed. He says, did I receive this gift? And the answer is, yes, he did. He did receive the gift. He opened it. But then he asked again, like, did I really receive this gift? And the answer is, is no. You know why? It says, he says, look at me. Like, did I receive the gift to its fullest potential? No, absolutely not. I used it twice in the last 10 years, he says. Now, why am I saying this? You know that the grace of God, the gift of grace of God is available to us. And there are lots of us, and I'm not saying it as a condemning or judging uh, perspective, but there's, what I notice with many Christians is what happens is that, is that we receive a gift, we truly receive the gift of grace, but really we don't walk in it, we don't use it as often as we need to. You know, if you're here tonight and you're struggling with depression or any sort of a sickness or, or a disease in your body or, or just you go home here and you have what I call as a kitchen fascism or living room fascism when you get into a good old family affair. For those of you young people who don't know what fascism means, let me explain it real quick. It's, it's you thinking your opinion and your ideology is, is better than everybody else's and I have all the means to push down and convert everyone to my opinion. There's a lot of that that happens around Christmas time when we get together with extended family very quickly. But my message to you today is that this gift of grace is available for you to use today. Amen? Don't leave it in the box. Use it. You know what the definition of grace is? Grace is God giving you the power and the ability to be what you out of your own strength cannot be. Or similarly, grace is God giving you the power and the ability to do what out of your own power you cannot do. Amen? Grace is not something you can earn. Grace is something that you receive and you walk in. Amen? Why don't we have the worship team come on back up? You know, as, as, you, as we enter this uh, Christmas season, I just really... That's just really been on my heart to encourage you with that, that you know, God's grace is available to you to use and to walk in, even the midst of the hardest situations that you may face. So this is our Christmas Eve service. So we have this tradition of what we call the candle lighting. And just to give you a little bit of a explanation what my heart is tonight when when we do this is just really a, a symbolization that there's a light that lives in you the light of god the grace of god the life of god that lives in you that you're supposed to pass on to the people around you isaiah isaiah chapter 9 says this. The people, chapter 9, verse 2 says, the people who walked in, great, in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Mm -hmm.
and jumping down to verse uh, 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Why don't we stand all on our feet? Lord, we just thank you for the greatest gift ever given. Lord, when, when you saw mankind in its fallen state, and you, and you saw how broken we were and how wretched we were, Lord, you said you, you didn't leave us as orphans, but you gave the greatest gift. When you couldn't give anything more, that's when you decided to just give it all and gave everything. And you sent your only son to this world, Jesus Christ, to be a savior to us, to show us a way, to show us the truth, to show us the life, but to ultimately to, to, to live a life and to die for all of our sins. And thank you for your grace that was shed abroad. Thank you, Lord, that your grace, this gift of grace is efficient today no matter what situation we face. And Lord, thank you that we get to be ambassadors of heaven, passing this light of grace, this gift on to all the people around us. In Jesus' name.